How do you want to do? How do you want to start? Okay. Well, we'll start with a couple of obvious places. First, we obviously got to introduce ourselves, but also yes. recognize that we are talking about PodCamp. So just a quick background before we introduce, our, introduce ourselves. Uh, PodCamp is Canada's like largest, uh, this is what it says on the website, Canada's largest and longest running two-day digital media conference. It's usually held in downtown Toronto. And it's like, um, it mainly is podcast, but it's really supposed to be like new media. So anybody that does like a web series, uh, anybody who's kind of making digital stuff online. Um, this year was held at the George Brown College School of Media and Performing Arts campus on Richmond Street. And it was, this is the one uh, right beside the George Street Diner. Did you end up going to the George Street Diner during the two days? I did, but I made it. Yeah. Uh, if anybody doesn't know or hasn't seen it, like, trust me, you know the George Street Diner. It's been in a ton of movies and TV shows. Um, I think it was in a recent episode of uh, Reacher on Prime Video. It was in The F Word, where it hosted a really cute date. So if you're ever in the neighborhood... Uh, this is one podcast, or I guess, recommendation right off the bat, right? Go check out the George Street uh, Diner. All right, but we should now, we're going to be talking about PodCamp, but we I guess we should introduce ourselves. So uh, you can go first, I guess, ladies first. And then, so introduce yourself, your show, and we got to do like a nice, fun icebreaker. Um, okay. <laughs> introduce your name, your your show, give us a little bit of a teaser of your show, and for the icebreaker question. Who do you go back in time to see? If I give you a time machine, who do you go back and see? They it can't be like no. Taylor. It can't be like Taylor Swift or whatever. She's still around or whatever. Uh like Beyonce doesn't count. But you can go back in time and see Destiny's Child because they're not around anymore, right? So <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the icebreaker question. Who do you go back and see live? It could be a band. Maybe somebody died, like Freddie Mercury, whatever it may be. So there you go. Hit it. All right. So. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Heidi M. Heidi Morales. I am the founder of a website called Heis Musings, where I try to talk about arts and culture, mainly in the city of Toronto, from a different perspective that I think it's fresh and more of like a fan of the arts kind of point of view. Mm -hmm. um, I also do write uh, film reviews for, um, I'm also credited for Rotten Tomatoes. So I will occasionally write some interesting film reviews for people who want to read, but I also do um, interviews. So I am expanding into the video zone a little bit more these days so that people can digest some of the information in in, um, in a shorter format. Um, what else do I tell you, Sammy? So that is my website. I'll, I'll, I'll link it at the end once we wrap up. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the icebreaker, who would I meet if I had a chance to meet, I will say for me is Tupac. Oh, good one. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's because, well, I was a fan of Tupac from the nineties, mm -hmm. you know, aging myself, but it's also about his artistry. I know that on the side of hip hop and rap, he was really hardcore. And, you know, some people think it's very, like the music is very, you know, um, filled with a lot of curse words, but there's so much lyricism and storytelling in, in the music that I found that I really enjoyed. But I really, really liked him in films. I, I wanted to see more of him on screen. And it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see that side of his art, artist side. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to just talk to him about 
all that stuff and what he thought about politics and the world and all that interesting stuff. I I'm gonna introduce myself in a second, but my my for the icebreaker, I wanna I wanna meet and hang out with Prince. I think that would be like just like one yeah. one day, uh, just hang out with Prince and just like just see how he works, just how see how he operates, like. It would be kind of zany, and I probably he probably like yell at me or whatever and find me weird. But still, like just hanging with Prince, maybe even play some basketball with him. I think that would be like so. We both like the weird ones. I think is what we're getting at, right? Yeah, I guess we are weird a little bit. We are weird a little bit. Uh, so my name is Sammy. I host my summer layer. Uh, it's a uh, interview podcast similar to like NPR Fresh Air or CBCQ. If you know any of those ones. But I kind of uh, have a nerdy lens through which I uh, ask questions and kind of talk to my guests. And I'm always looking for like overlooked gems, things that are kind of um, unrecognized or unloved a little bit. Right. And so you want to find like some really cool things and like check this out. Right. You want to shine the bat light on uh, certain things in popular culture. And so that's Mm -hmm. what I try and do. And I do it through the interview style. Um, All right. By the way, I didn't know you did the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Or maybe I should be paying attention. But how was that gig? This is a tangent, but we're going to get into everything in a second. We're going to talk about Power Camp mainly. But how was the Rotten Tomatoes gig? Well, you know, that was a few years ago when the, this is before the pandemic um, time where they were actually looking to expand the critics that were being represented on their roster. Mm. So they had a call out um, to include more women and people of color. So, of course, if you know me, I check most those boxes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. the last name gives it away too right right um so essentially it was just the timing was right i was on certain email lists where they were announcing these sort of initiatives it was also partly by organized by this group called times up where i think it was a lot of women in film that were trying to push the boundaries a little bit and um i said i'm going to take a chance i'll fill out the application and in a way that was sort of a, a lucky break. Mm-hmm. So a couple of a few of us that I know locally in Toronto were were able to to get in on that. That's cool. So like I said, the topic today is podcamp and it's related to the why I was asking about rotten tomatoes, because when you go to something like podcamp, you consider yourself like an OG, like a veteran, because you've been doing this for a number of years now. You're not like the one who started like podcasting in 1990 or whatever before even people knew what podcasting was. But you've been doing this for like a while now and you've got a number of interviews, you got blogs, you got all kinds of stuff. Do you feel like a veteran or an OG? In some respects, I do feel like an OG because I have been doing this for a while in different like in different formats, like you said. And in other ways, I don't feel so much like a veteran because there's still this this sort of line or divide or weird boundary of legacy media like old school you know newspapers or even like websites that have more of a a legacy Mm -hmm. vibe to and us like yourself and I who are doing alternative media reporting and interviewing so in that sense I feel like I'm not a veteran even though I've been doing this for a while. I, I've noticed that at like PodCamp, at least some of the people I talk to, because I'm closing in on 300 episodes in with my summer layer, and people were like, "Wow, that's a lot, right?" And like, uh, I forgot who was talking to, but one person was like, "I got 20 episodes." I'm like, "Whoa, man! Like, keep going, like, you know." 
It's like when you meet a kid in high school or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, I have to like go home. I have to go home now, study for exams or whatever." I'm like, "Oh, I don't remember though. I I don't like those days at all. Like, have a good time, buddy. You know." Um, and so it's interesting, but I also noticed too that like at PodCamp, a number of uh, panelists before the session would start, they would kind of get the temperature of the room, and they would ask like, "Who here wants a podcast or starting a podcast? Who here has a podcast?" And I've noticed that a lot more people were raising their hand for like who has a podcast, you know? Uh So I think that's one of the things that's interesting at PodCamp, just attending it over the last few years, is that it's, I think the podcast community is growing in Toronto, or at least locally. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because uh, this was my first year at PodCamp Toronto, and I know that you've gone before, and the the event itself has been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. So... I was going to ask you if you noticed that there's a, a more um, larger number of people who are showing up and also who are saying, yes, I'm starting or I've started. So it's interesting. I think when PodCamp first started, there was the first wave of people who were all excited to do uh, podcasts. And then I think they found out how much hard work it is, <laughs> right? It's not a simple matter of like you turn on the mics and then you hit record and then you go for like 20 minutes or whatever. I'll give you a quick tangent. So I used to run a, a network called Girth Radio. And so I'd get pitches every now and then. Uh-huh. And this one guy, he gave me a pitch and he wanted to do an interview style show. I said, that's great. Um, and I said, so just to give me a sense of your your style or your show or whatever, like what kind of guests would you get on your show? You know what I mean? Are you going to do like filmmakers? Like are you going to do like feature films or documentaries? There's a big difference, right? Like that kind of stuff. And he's like, well, I was thinking for the first episode, I'll get like Kanye West. And the second episode, I'll get like George Clooney. And then the third one was Jennifer Aniston or something like that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. You know these people? Like, if you know these people, why are you hanging out with me? Like, you know what I mean? So I was like, you know these people? And he's like, no, but celebrities love going on podcasts. So once you have a podcast, you'll just get celebrities. I'm like, that's not how any of this works. Like, that was like... You know when somebody says something that's so wrong that you don't even know where to start? There's like there's like five things wrong in that sentence. And I think that's <laughs> the first wave of like uh, a podcasting where everyone just thought like, you know, you just hit record, celebrities show up, you hang out, and then it's like it's, it's really effortless. But I think that that group got kind of like they're the first people off the boat in D-Day, right? <laughs> they unfortunately got killed off because it's just <laughs> it's just so hard and it's just so much work. And that's why like when you go to iTunes, iTunes in a way is a graveyard, right? There's a lot of podcasts that started and then you see like around episode 7, episode 10, that's it. And then the last episode they posted was like 2017 or 2018 or even 2020 or something, you know? Uh-huh. And so now I think this group that's coming to PodCamp knows better and i think they understand it's hard um and so they're more prepared to do uh the work the hard work and put the time and effort in because you know this too like you know what i mean it's it's not a simple matter of like uh i saw a cool movie or like you know i went to some netflix premiere and then i'm like this is it and then you go take a nap (laughs) it's so true and i was going to say that um People seem to be really willing to learn and take the advice that they offer at the podcast, different like workshops or, you know, sessions, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. And they're also really willing to share themselves. Like the actual people that go to podcast, 
even in the audience, they're sharing like their own tips, which I thought was really nice that people are just like, hey, don't reinvent the wheel. Try this. <laughs> yeah. And that's also neat, too, because that's why I was asking you at the top, like if you feel like a veteran, because you also know a little bit better now, like what works, what doesn't work, uh, how to market, how to ask better questions in interviews, these kind of things. Because mm-hmm. podcasting is one of those weird things where like you can do the easy stuff, right? You can Google and like find out which microphones to get, uh, which recorders you get, or like uh, what online subscription you can use to record. You can find all that stuff really easily. You test out mm-hmm. a couple of mics and then you figure out one that you like or one that's within your budget and you're good to go. But then after that, then it's like, well, then what do I say? <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the That's the hard part. And sometimes people make it look effortless, right? Like, I think of somebody like George Strombolopoulos. Like, he's been on front of the camera for years, for years. So when he does his little IG stories or whatever, they're effortless. But it's because he's got, like, 20, 30 years of, like, experience in front of the camera. So, of course, they look right. effortless. Of course, he's just, like, funny and able to, like, come up with things quickly or whatever. I think people get uh, stumble at, like, how, like bad it sounds because even now when i edit my episodes sometimes i'm like this uh-huh. question i asked wasn't even english at all like it was just garbling like how did the guests even understand what i'm asking <laughs> like i'm so embarrassed They're like you know what i mean it's like uh it's like my first day with the english language or something <laughs> i know and there were yeah to even like give um folks that examples of some of the 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 sessions at podcast this year there was there were sort of tips like podcasting for beginners there's there was one about um that i went to on the second day on sunday which was um getting rid of filler words i'm guilty of doing a lot of ums right Mm -hmm. or because you're gathering your thoughts and even just sort of getting to that stage where you feel more comfortable when you're speaking with someone I say like a lot, like a valley girl. I didn't realize that until you start editing. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I say that a lot. Right. And it's also that comes also with your experience over time. You start noticing these things about yourself. So being aware of how you come across, like how you sound, getting over the fact of how your voice even sounds is another thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what else? Uh, there were a lot of sessions that I wish I could attend, but they were also like overlapping or I was just, I didn't make it in time. Um, but I did want to ask you if there was any session this year that you thought, oh, okay, I, I really got a lot out of it. Yeah. One dude did one on AI and AI kept coming up a couple of times in the, in a number of sessions. People would mention it briefly, whatever. This guy did a whole thing on AI, but I find I think every industry is going to be half like has to deal with it differently. Like in film right now, they're struggling on terms of like, can you use AI to write a movie, to write a script? Like, can you replace a human or whatever? But in podcasting, I find that AI is really like useful. It's a real gift. You know what I mean? Like just even editing sometimes just to level your sound or whatever. Let the robot do the work. You know what I mean? Because some right. again, like some people don't have access or the skills or the whatever to a professional editor or... Um, you know what I mean? Like they'd rather just focus on just like putting the time, and the creativity into the actual episode and just like push a magic button and let the robot do the thing. So I think AI is going to be an interesting challenge, like moving forward. And that's what this guy's like session was all about. Like, 
can you use it? Should you use it? I mean, I'm sure we're all doomed, right? Like, <laughs> I know there's going to be a, a robot Skynet <laughs> uprising. So we're all doomed, <laughs> right? But until that happens, though, we're going to be able to put out a lot of cool podcasts. I agree. And that's the session I really wanted to um, to hear more about. It was by Hisham Kadomi. For anybody who's interested, I'm just looking up the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is. I agree with you that I think depending on the industry, you can think you can take AI one way or the other. But I, I do. I was telling you even this before we started the the chat, and in, in that I do want to teach myself how to use certain applications to make my podcasting or my interviewing better. And that's where AI is going to come in handy because I have a day job. I can't be editing all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like. You and I both have been doing this for a while. That's why I asked you again, like, if you feel like a veteran. And, like, now what I've done is when I have my basic interview questions, like, kind of jotted down, I have them in a Google Doc, I'll run them through AI. And I'm like, what do you think of these? And then it comes up with different angles, different perspectives, or, like, what if you ask this or whatever? And I'm like, this is fascinating. Like, And so I'll, I'll sometimes kind of rewrite some of the questions that they give me back, and I'll ask them. Uh-huh. Because I'm not a fan of the, you know, like you've seen this before where like sometimes people are like, oh, I'm interviewing William Shatner on Thursday. This is, and they'll put out on social media a call for like questions from fans or whatever. If that's your show, that's great. Like have a good time and do that. But I'm not a fan of that. Right. And like so I, I want to kind of like focus a, the conversation going a certain way. And like uh, another example is uh, I there was a horror movie and there was a young actress. She's on one of the high school girls on Jeannie in Georgia, but she was in this uh-huh. horror movie and so she was like seventeen or nineteen when I talked to her. Anyways, we we ended up just kind of sitting and chatting and talking about the horror movie and we had a good conversation and she left. So when I posted the interview, I got a whole bunch of like uh, direct messages and IG from obviously like high school girls based on the spelling and the chat slang and whatever. And one girl's like, oh, you didn't ask her if she had a boyfriend. I'm like, <laughs> first of all, I'm like an old dude talking to like a 17 or 19 year old girl. I'm not going to ask her. <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> Second of all, and I get it like from a fan perspective, that's what you want. You want to know if she's like dating Tom Holland or something like that. I get that. But I'm like, another one was like, what does her hair smell like? Again, I don't smell my guest's hair. I'm sure her hair smelled very nice. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I, that's not for me to know at all. Like, uh, and I, <laughs> I'm not curious at all. But sometimes that's what I'm getting at. Is like sometimes fans have these kind of stranger questions or things that they want to know, and that, like they're burning and have a desire to know. And I'm like, it doesn't always align with where my curiosity is. You know what I mean? I'm not. Curi- I was curious about the horror movie. I didn't really care how her hair smelled. I'm sure it was very nice, but I wasn't that curious about it. <laughs> But that's a good point because that links to something they mentioned in one of the sessions and I can't recall which one, but it was about having a mission for your podcast or what you're doing. Because like what you were saying is you like being, you're, you're a nerdy person. So you have an angle of Mm -hmm. like asking about those things. I'm also a nerdy person about certain things in the arts and, you know, literature or whatever it is, film. So I will have certain angles. And I think that's sort of, there's room for all of these sort of podcasts to exist or shows or websites. Somebody else can ask her how, what her hair smells like or if who she's dating, <laughs> right? That is more appropriate. Yeah. It's also, I'm not interested in that. Even if I'm, I, you know, as a woman, I don't particularly care for those things. 
at the same time, it also makes me think of this sort of culture that we're in right now, the celebrity culture of why do we need to know those personal details when we really want to more enhance or talk about their art and their work. Mm-hmm. Some of us can exist, right? We can we can navigate that world and then somebody else can look at that pop culture stuff every day where they're dating today and who they're going to date <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, I was just like, it's a cool horror movie. So I sent the PR lady an email. I'm like, that's it. Like... Hair smelling. Another question I got from like one of the, uh, like, did you like the letter U, not Y O U? Like, like again, like, it's clearly like high school girls. Did you uh, ask her like what brand of? The- she was wearing a sweater, so there was a photo I posted. She's like, did you ask her what sweater she was wearing? I'm like, no, not at all. And you know what? Too that interview. This is a side thing too. That interview ruined me because. You know how like that year uh, Spotify does that wrapped, uh, Spotify wrapped, right? And it's like gives you like a breakdown of your audience and who they are, whatever. And then one of the, the elements that they give you was like, you know, your audience listens to like Bruce Springsteen or your audience listens to whatever. They'll give you like a couple of bands that your audience listens to. That year when I ran my Spotify wrapped, it said my audience listens to Taylor Swift. I'm like, no, it's not. That's not right. Like my audience tends to be a little bit more older, a little bit more male than female. So I was like, that's and I realized it was that girl's interview. She skewed the whole thing because all the girls came and they Spotify was like, this guy's pulling it with the Taylor Swift crowd. I'm like, not at all. <laughs> so. But that's not bad, right? You know, for one of those years, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not bad, but it's just like I just want to go back to my regular audience, like my people get sarcasm and like uh, and uh, no like a CD and like a typewriter, like those are my people, right? <laughs> but that's the thing about also interviewing or speaking with people who navigate different worlds, even mm-hmm. as artists. Like some people will know her from specific other work and. You might just know her from the horror. Like, it's the same thing. I also watch a lot of horror, but other people don't care for horror. So it's almost like a few of us will will understand certain parts of that artist's work, mm-hmm. and then the other, not our interest. So on that note, I have one guy, one fan, an only fan, <laughs> no S, only, <laughs> only fan, <laughs> in Alabama. He comes out, he will download any, like, a super sci-fi movie or sci-fi tv show anything that i do like that he comes out he he downloads the episode and he leaves if i interview like a regular netflix thing or a stand-up comic or anything like that no interest whatsoever alabama (laughs) comes through for sci-fi only and i'm like it's always just the one download in alabama for every sci-fi thing i drop but i'm like yo man tell a friend like, don't you talk to somebody? <laughs> you keep coming back to these episodes. You know what I mean? It's not like he downloaded it once and then left. He keeps coming right. back for sci-fi. He's like, let's see if Sammy's got any sci-fi guests or whatever. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like I like this movie. So then he like takes it. But I'm like, tell a friend. Like, don't you talk to somebody in Alabama to like connect and like have fun? Nope, just like by himself. So that brings me to the to the session around building community, right? Because Clearly, you're you're noticing patterns in your in the people that are your audience, your listeners. Mm-hmm. And did you think of that session around like community building and kind of outreach? Because it's also more work, right? People like everything that was discussed in the session was really helpful. I'll have to find um, the name of the person. I think it's Shirley. What's her name? But I found it really informative. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's it is work, right? So it's navigating the workload while trying to build your 
your followers, your community? What did you get out of that? Well, so one thing that I, I've noticed in like, this is, you were talking about before about older podcasts. I've been going to podcasts since it started. And even mm-hmm. in general, you can back me up. This I don't have any like specific metrics or anything like this to prove this. But when you go out in life, you don't see a lot of like podcast t-shirts, right? You mm-hmm. see like a lot of band t-shirts. You see a lot of NBA t-shirts. We're both in Toronto. We see a lot of Raptors t-shirts, Blue Jays t-shirts. Um, you see a lot of concert t-shirts. You strike, correct me if I'm wrong, but you see a lot of like podcast t-shirts. No. Yeah, and that's kind of strange to me too because like podcasts do make money from merch, so people are buying them, right? I guess maybe uh-huh. they're just like sleeping in them or something. But so it's interesting, like in terms of how uh, a community uh, kind of forms, because like the, like when you see people in a band T-shirt or like a Raptors T-shirt, like you know that per- you know already a few things about that person, right? Right. Generally, if it's like a Raptors T-shirt, you know that they probably like his some hip hop. A little bit of hip hop, probably. You know what I mean? Uh, they probably like watch other like basketball teams too, just because it's like they like basketball. So they like, probably like Steph Curry, for example. There's like three or four things you can kind of generally assume about a person, right? So if you were at a party, you can have an icebreaker. But with podcasting, it's really strange because it's like there is no quote unquote way to show your gang colors, right? <laughs> and that's right. what I that's what I find kind of curious about the community. It's a weird right. thing because it's like. Yes, like when I look at my stats, whatever, people are downloading the episode. So somebody is, right? Assuming it's not some like bot in Russia, right? Like that <laughs> guy in Alabama, I'm assuming he's a real guy, right? He's like, right. oh, Sammy's got a sci-fi show from Amazon. Let's hit play on this. But right. so I, I, it, the community is interesting because it's like it can be online and it can be offline. And offline is weird because I haven't figured out how the offline world works. But online it's very easy to manage, right? In terms of like, you know, you have followers on Twitter, uh, you get I am uh, instant messages on on uh, IG, that kind of thing, whatever. It, it's easier that sense, but I, I'm curious to know how you connect and build one offline. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally makes sense. Um, so the, the, the session was by Shirley Joseph, and she does the Black Canadian Creators, for anyone who's curious. Mm-hmm. I agree with you about this offline community because I noticed that a lot of people are doing this discourse or or is it Slack, which are these other web-based apps for chatting and connecting as well as newsletters. But again, that's to me, it sounds great if you have time. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have to initially invest time and then things will roll out and won't take as long. But I think for me, it's even though I've been doing this for a while, I've hesitated to do the newsletter because I, my followers fluctuate in terms of numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to invest the time if I think my engagement is better online, like let's say social media, like Instagram, IG, for example, better than maybe a newsletter. Also, because when I think of myself as somebody who gets a lot of emails, Mm -hmm. do I read the newsletters? Probably not. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of, I'm also in a demographic that is, it's like three age groups, sort of, mm-hmm. almost evenly split. So I also have to think of like, who would even click on this email to look at the newsletter if I start one? Or are they more likely to go to my social media because I might even post a photo of my cute little friend's dog and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. make content that way, right? Or 
So thinking of novel ways to stay engaged online. Mm-hmm. And, and you probably know this about me, but I also do go out a lot in the city of Toronto. So I do have in-person community connections that way. Mm-hmm. That so probably in- works a lot better too, right? Just kind of like... The newsletter, I do the in-person thing. The in-person I find is like when you can kind of connect, like PodCamp is a good thing for this, right? Because you can remind you, like somebody said to me at PodCamp, oh, Sammy, I haven't listened to your show in a while, like just by seeing me, right? And so it's like, that's good. Like go hit play on something, right? Like, um, so I think that's sometimes too is like, you know, you and I were talking before about like getting overwhelmed with like sometimes pop culture because there's so many podcasts and then Netflix puts out a new ep- a new season of Stranger Things and everybody's talking about Stranger Things, right? And so you got to go watch that because you don't want to be left out or whatever or like everybody at work is talking about Stranger Things and you're not in the conversation. And then Beyonce dropped an album. I'm like, oh, right? And then you got to <laughs> listen to that or whatever and things like like pop culture can sometimes be overwhelming and it's hard to like navigate a lot of that, you know? Um, and I think that's sometimes too, where people like, all right, uh, like they kind of prioritize, right. And, uh, well, just like what you were saying, right. You also, you also, even for your podcast, you focus on certain things that are a little bit more, um, maybe not mainstream pop culture, but they're also still pretty interesting. Like, I know you're telling me about this documentary I want to watch, like, you know, because we both get a lot of emails, about potential show ideas or mm-hmm. write-up. And sometimes we might miss it because, like you said, we're just overwhelmed. We're just really busy, which mm-hmm. is true. We're busy people. And um, and we may miss out. But I think w- wanting to stay a little bit niche is helpful for some of the content that we create because then that means somebody's like, oh, I've never heard of this. Let me, let me, try, let me try and hear more about this. You're good at that because you do, like, plays, right? You do theater. <laughs> You're classy like that, right? I I wear a tuxedo <laughs> t-shirt, so I'm clearly not classy at all. So I'm the opposite of you. I really shouldn't even be hanging out with you. But it's like, but that's good too because it's like there is a lot of like uh, a lot of stuff like me that does like movies and documentaries and stuff like that. And that, there's a lot of podcasts like that, right? And blogs and Rotten Tomatoes and things like that. A lot of outlets for that. But for theater, that can get a little bit of th- that can get really thin, right? And so you want somebody that knows the stuff or like. If people get to know your taste after a while, like they know where you're coming from, right? So when a new play opens, they're like, oh, I wonder what she thinks about this. Yeah, and I think the idea is also, even within theater, I, I do because I do enjoy, to, you know, the experience of being a the- like watching live theater. But I also think about it in terms of accessibility, right? Because not everybody knows about the different theater companies in the one city of Toronto. There's so many and I can't see all of them, but I think even just, if I can introduce you to a show and maybe it's only ran for a weekend, but you remember for next time, like you'll follow that company, you'll know their work is good. Like Mm -hmm. that's pretty part, that's part of my mission too, in terms of um, moving perhaps into more video content so that people are, are kind of also seeing a little bit of what, what people are creating in the city but you're right the theater part i think is is kind of interesting and hopefully it, it does have an audience um because i know film will always have an audience mm-hmm. yeah yeah we've made our choice right like you know but for you then because you're doing the theater part and the theater is a lot like it's a community gathering right. does that make it easier then for you to build the community offline or online I think because the state of the world right now, it's still 
online, offline in person. The one thing is what's nice about Toronto is that the actors will know, will work with different theater companies. So they already kind of know each other and then they'll start to get to know someone like me because I show up or mm -hmm. I've interviewed right? So I think that's why I'm leaning more towards maybe interviewing people, not so much doing a review. I might give you some thoughts about the show, but the experience is so subjective that I don't want to rate theater, right? Mm. Um, because there's something for everybody if you're willing to be open-minded. And because I'm doing more of these sort of, uh, let's talk to the artist, then they recognize me when I'm on site or I've gone to the show. Like I, I won't go to the show that I interviewed them for, but I go to a different where they're in. And that's sort of building the offline community with the artists. And then they'll be like, hey, I talked to so-and-so and, and they'll spread the word that way too. This is a tangent, but let's go down this road for a little bit because I find that with theater, actually, let me start again. With film, there's a bit of a shorthand. So when you see a trailer, you kind of already know the vibe or whatever. If it's a murder mystery or horror, you kind of know the tone a little bit. You know the vibe. You kind of know what you're getting into, right? And with theater, sometimes when you see images of the of the show or you read the description, that shorthand is not quite there. So you're like, uh -huh. is this a comedy? Like you can't tell sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when you like with a film, when you see the trailer, I'm like, this is a comedy. I get it. Like, oh, it's got Will Ferrell in it. I'm all right. I'm in. Right? Like you really kind of know. And so uh -huh. theater sometimes is a little bit of work because it's like there's they don't have that same shorthand as it does for like film. Right. And, and some theater does have a bit of a shorthand. If people know Shakespeare, they know Shakespeare. Right. Kind of. Like those bigger sort of, you know, plays. Mm -hmm. But you're right. If it's like a small um, company that is doing, I don't know, maybe something with dance. And people are like, I don't know if I understand dance. You know, and then sometimes speaking, that's why speaking to the people creating the shows makes sense. Because it's like, what do you really want people to, to like be excited about, right? Because clearly you're creating this show for a reason. You're excited. So what should people be excited about? So instead of a trailer with, Let's kind of get people excited, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So at PodCamp, then what else stood out to you? I talked about the AI stuff. We talked about the community yeah. stuff. What what else stood out to you? Uh, there was a, so one of the last sessions on the second day, the Sunday, was one of the last ones, which was around, what did I tell you? With a filler word. I can't remember right now. Why is it escaping me? And, um, oh, it's, it, the session was called Words from Your Mouth mm -hmm. by uh, Sean Savage, but it was around catching yourself with filler words. And we were talking about this before offline, how when we're conversing, we have things like, mm, like, or repeat certain phrases again and again, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. And Plus, it's, yes, it's a natural flow of conversation, but when we're doing a podcast, sometimes we're using the filler words because we're trying to gather our thoughts or find our place again if we're not maybe organized that day with our notes. Mm -hmm. And the idea of sort of finding a rhythm within your even conversation style, if you want to do interviews, you can still be conversational, but find a rhythm where you're calm your mouth isn't going faster than your brain. Right. And some of the tips from that session were about meditating, not in the long form, but even just taking like a minute or two minutes of 
getting into your breath, mm-hmm. catching yourself and being calm. And at the same time, another trip, uh, tr- another trick or tip is imagine that you have punctuation. If you don't have notes in front of you, like on a notepad or a Google Doc, imagine you're going to have punctuation. Where would you put the comma as you're speaking? And it's all about practicing that, right? At first, it probably seems not so intuitive, but the more you kind of think about it that way, you'll have natural pauses. You're going to allow the other person to also have like a similar kind of vibe Mm -hmm. because staying calm and there's not a lot of rush. So my, which I thought were great tips. Mm -hmm. My, my concern sometimes is when you know this, when you're doing like a press junket and they're like, okay, you have like 10, Mm -hmm. 15 minutes. And then you're like, I just did a filler word. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You, you are mindful of the time and maybe you are really calm in the beginning, but then you're noticing that they're giving you in the chat five minutes left. Right. right? So that, could affect the flow of the conversation so that session was helpful because some of the things i already knew but they were really good refreshers for for those of us who have been doing this interview style for a while and also a reminder of keeping your notes like how if there are questions that you definitely want to ask then have them ready to go you do this because you prepare questions too so just make sure that you have the questions you want to ask and the the same thing you said about Sam Robert Roberts to me earlier, which is you have you have an angle, you're nerdy. There's certain things he nerds out on that will also get you more time with this person mm-hmm. you're interviewing. And it's true. Do your research or find a theme that, you know, they're really interested in. That is not always the same five questions that they get from somebody else. Yeah, I find like with interview, and you might have noticed this too when you do research, if, you're, if you have a guest or filmmaker coming up and you go listen to some other podcasts where he's been interviewed. Sometimes people, like the, the interviewer, will kind of overpower the guest, right? They tell too many stories or like, you know what I mean? And they want to talk about what the movie meant to them rather than letting the guy who made the movie kind of unpack it a little bit more and like these are some of the themes in there or whatever. It, it's a I find that like the interviews are if when they work well the interview podcasts are like a good first date right so you both get a couple of times to make some jokes you both get to kind of <laughs> communicate maybe the guest will tell you a secret or two they flick their hair and then you kind of go on your way right you want to have a good first date and generally if you like you were saying before we're like with the press junkins that, that like finding an angle and connecting with them if you have a good first date there's a there's an opportunity for you to have a second date. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I remember her. She was really cool. And, like, she asked me these questions, whatever, right? And so you – I think it's that kind of connection. But I've also learned, too, all the tips that you took from Sean from that session are great. But I've also learned, too, doing interviews is that sometimes – Unlike first dates can be good, but first dates can also be bad. And so when you don't have chemistry or that person doesn't want to be there or their whatever mood, shut it down. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like pull the rip rip cord and get out of there. Right. Yeah. Like I could have shown up with my red lipstick, but he's not going to go with it. Right. Yeah. Nothing's going to work. Nothing. You're not flicking your hair or nothing. So I was like, (laughs) I'm out of here. Right. Like Like my, like cool questions are not cool. It doesn't matter because you're right. 
but it could have been that something happened before they sat down to the next interview and you do the next interview. Like you have no control over a lot of those things. So you are right. And that's why I prefer when I can, I will control when like a day and time mm -hmm. when I speak with, unless it's obviously absolutely impossible, then I'll, I'll do the press junkets, but my preference is that I don't mm -hmm. um, do them for that reason. Um, I wanted to ask you about the session on the Saturday by Marco Timpano. Like that guy was crazy. Session. He's so cool. Right? Mm -hmm. So tell me, what, what did you like about that session? Two things. One is uh, he had a lot of energy, all right? And so he, and, and the other thing was he was super excited about podcasting. Like he wants mm -hmm. you to make a good podcast, whoever you may be. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> That's one of the things that was really infectious about him. Like, uh, he, he wrote a book called, I think it's called 25 Things. Uh, is that what it's called? 25 Things I Wish I Learned About Podcasting before I started? Uh -huh. It's like a ridiculous title. <laughs> right? Uh, and so he really wants to share the knowledge. You talked about that before where people even in like people who were not even uh, teaching the sessions or whatever, we're raising our hand and sharing tips and tricks and whatever. And th that's really like where he's the, he's the avatar or the patron saint, I guess, of PodCamp <laughs> because he's funny and he's sarcastic, but he really wants you to make a good podcast. And he's going to give you all kinds of knowledge uh, uh -huh. to like help you make and develop a really good podcast. He does a lot of stuff with Ali Hassan as well. Right. Uh -huh. And so, all right, yes. Uh -huh. Uh, and again, like Ali comes from stand up, so he's very smooth, he's very comfortable with the mic, right? And so I'm sure he's learned quite a bit just hanging out with somebody like Ali, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. that was a fun one, yeah. I really enjoyed that too because it was very much also, I like his style too. He was giving you information, but he was also pacing around using the whiteboard so that you could grab get the information in whichever way worked for you mm -hmm. and um he was also kind of get, engaging back with the people in the room like so what's your name what do you do and kind of giving you examples based on what people were saying in terms of the tips and that you could use in in creating your podcast and i think it also what i liked about the session was also that he made at least for me it made me feel like okay yeah i can do it <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that I think that's really what he wants you to do. He like he recognizes this is an amazing opportunity, an amazing art form, and it is a lot of work. And he acknowledged that, but at the same time, <laughs> you can have so much fun. Like he had all kinds of stories and things he was telling us, right? Like you know, and like as you do this, as you keep going through this, you will have these connections and these moments and these and like you meet a lot of interesting people and a lot of cool creative people. And it's a it's an uh, incredible opportunity to like push record and to host a podcast, and that's really what like that's why I said he's like the patron saint of like podcast basically because that's really like the type of person that you want uh, hosting a session at podcast. Somebody is gonna make you feel energized and like yeah yeah I want to go do this, right? Right. Yeah, and I appreciated that he he was part of the evening pro uh, not the evening the afternoon programming so. It also kind of le left you that day ended with like a really uplifting message. Like, yeah, you can do it. You can start now, you know, don't fret about the other stuff. Um, so I think it was sort of like a nice way to end that first day, at least for me, because it was my first time. And I'm like, okay, 
if this is what PodCamp is like, then yeah, I'm here again tomorrow, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm home with some really useful information. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the thing too with like podcasting. I think that's why sometimes people get a little uncomfortable with it is because when you're in school, right, you get assigned uh, to do an essay and they tell you how many words, it's got to be 1,500 words, double space, it's got to be on this book, whatever. You get all these details and with podcasting, there is no homework, right? It can be, your podcast can be five minutes. It could be like Joe Rogan's is three hours or whatever. Like there's no, like, you know, if you put out a 20 minute podcast, that's fine. So is the dude who put out a two minute podcast. That's fine too. And it becomes, I think that lack of structure sometimes intimidates people, right? Right. They're like, how do I do this? I'm like, however you want is the, the correct answer. You know, right. just make sure you introduce yourself, introduce your name, give people a way to follow you either on like by subscribing right. or like on social media. And then that's it. Go have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> right. There is no right or wrong way to do this. And that's, I, I think, think where he, his kind of energy comes from because it's like, he wants you to do it, but do it your own way, do it your own style. Uh -huh. I think so. And I think that's also the, the stuff that we need to hear. And as I was saying to you earlier, Sammy, before we, really started the discussion was I'm moving away from writing long form, like actually writing long form content for my website. I'll still have my website because I think it's, it's a good website. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if I say so myself and I can still share information there, but I feel that I'm just moving more towards the video content because I enjoy doing it. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy it. Even if it takes a little bit more work, but I think there's uh, that's also where our audiences are at right now in terms of, wanting to hear about interesting and cool things like youtube is huge mm -hmm. um in that sense for that reason and i think it's it's not gonna go anywhere mm -hmm. and you can always the other thing that was cool about being at PodCamp is like you can turn like your episode use that content and do trailers and that's it feeds into social media kind of really nicely so i think that's that's sort of my takeaway message from PodCamp, even if it was my first year, is that I could probably do more of the video content than I actually thought I could. You should. You're good at that. And I'm trying to remember which panel it was. I was there for Saturday and Sunday, so I attended a bunch of stuff. But the yeah. the takeaway was, I thought this was interesting, which was that uh, our generation says Google it when they're looking up something, right? Like, oh, I've never heard of this documentary. I've never heard of this Netflix show. Google it, right? That's what we do. Right. But the younger kids and stuff like this, they look, they use search or they look it up. They don't use Google it because they're going right to YouTube and TikTok and things like that. So they're not, they're bypassing Google and going to uh -huh. YouTube and TikTok. So that's how they talk. And I realized that sometimes um, uh, in my call to action at the end of my episodes, I'll like, you know, I have a newsletter. You can Google it if you want to see it. Like, uh, that's what I was saying before. <laughs> like, that's why, like, when Spotify says your entire demographic listens to, like, Taylor Swift, I'm like, no, it doesn't. I always say Google it, like, at the end of the episode. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> not at all. I'm talking to people of my generation who still go to Google to look up stuff. But the younger right. kids are like, look it up or search it. So that's also interesting, too, to see how, like, the the transition will break down with uh -huh. all this stuff. Like you said, YouTube's not going away. YouTube's probably going to get more important as it goes along and as TikTok and things like that as more of a visual medium. So you going into video is probably much more smarter than me who's still sticking with audio. 
Well, but there's room for audio too, right? Because even if you do audio, I mean, this is kind of not a tangent. It's a bit of a tangent, but you could still use YouTube. And mm-hmm. you, if you come the audio with some visuals, you can still do that in in an existing YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. I just kind of, I'm the person that kind of wants to do everything all at once. So I, I have audio and I have video <laughs> and I have right, and social media. So now I'm like, okay, take a sit, take a you know breather here. Mm-hmm. How do we organize it better? I think there's room for audio because sometimes I still listen to things, mm-hmm. especially if I'm working. The video, I enjoy it, but sometimes it's distracting for me if I'm working on my day job stuff. But there are occasions where I just want to watch and hear what people are saying. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do use all, all, all three myself. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm trying to do all of it. Because I do read online and I do listen and I do watch YouTube University for things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, and I mean, there's like, SEO, there's all these kind of other factors, right? Like, so I get it. But I mean, and audio will always be around because people always have to clean their houses or their homes, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, or wash dishes yes. or whatever. So I, or walk the dog, like I get it, right? Like there's always going to be opportunity for audio. It's not like going away either, but yeah. So then I guess like with that session we talked about with Marco, you feel like Mm -hmm. PodCamp was good for you, right? Like you kind of felt energized or you kind of have more direction or you got some tips enough to like know what to do next. Yeah, I think maybe I don't know what to do next per se, because I have to teach myself a few things still. Um, if I do want to gravitate to more uh, video podcasting or video content in general, but I, I feel like it was the right time for me because I was already thinking of what am I doing next? How am I going to either enhance what I'm doing or, or where am I going? Right. Mm. Because I mean, I haven't said it out loud, but I have been doing the high missions thing for 15 years and that's a lot. And uh, I also need to streamline my own time yeah. <laughs> better. So I think it's more about, it could, it may sound selfish, but it, it really is about, for my own sake, what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was good that way. It was also good in terms of, well, yes, I know you, Sammy, but I got to connect with you and meet other people. And you also introduced me to some really interesting folks, too, that were also giving me information that was kind of cool and helpful. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I did like the vibe of the entire weekend. And the fact that the content is useful, even if I don't go to all the sessions, there's always something that I think I can take away. Mm-hmm. And that's what about these events. If the event is going to give me something to take home, it's worth my time. And we haven't even said this yet, but I mean, it's also free. How cool is that? Yeah, <laughs> that's really neat. Yeah, I know. Like, it is an opportunity to, like, uh, connect with people and uh, learn all that stuff, but it is free. And so that that also that barrier is also makes it easier for people right um, i was telling about it afterwards mm-hmm. other friends that i think could maybe benefit from it i was telling people about it yeah i, I hope that they continue like growing the conference i hope that more people kind of show up and like more mm-hmm. like veterans as well people who have seen things right like <laughs> the vietnam vets right like they've seen horrors they've lost episodes right or like the microphone broke in the middle of like talk they're doing an interview with the rock or something like that you know what i mean like you want people who have like the horror stories as well 
because right. it's like that's where like you build that connection with the community right you and i were talking about before with the online and offline community and that's for your fans or for people who listen to podcasts or to your stuff specifically but at the same time you also need to build within the community of toronto itself all the other artists and all the other podcasters and uh, tiktok influencers or whatever it may be whoever is like whatever digital creators are kind of hanging around you also want to connect mm-hmm. with them because you learn so much from them Right. And I think we also learn from the people that are doing stuff now that are fresh, mm-hmm. whereas not been around for a while doing all kinds of things. So it's cool to see what people are doing who are just kind of starting out and maybe, you know, they're using more AI. So what are you using? Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe I that app or, you know, I think it's the same way that I like working with students. Mm-hmm. In my nine to five. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I like working with younger folks and students because they're like learning stuff of the now, yeah. which means me a few things to to make my life easier right and i think that's also the the as we're kind of wrapping up i think that's a good takeaway because like the i asked you if you feel like a og or veteran but the truth is like even though you have been doing this for 15 years there's still so much to learn like right you know what i mean <laughs> like you know i sometimes will like i finish an episode or whatever i'm like that was a really good interview and i'm really proud of it and i'll post it whatever and i'll share it or whatever and then I, the next day i'll do another interview and i'm like this was terrible these questions were stupid and like you know what i mean and the guest was bored and is like what kind of idiot questions are these you know what i mean and so it's like there's always like that steep learning curve it almost doesn't stop being a steep learning curve in a way you know what i mean it's all like the streets of san francisco you know what i mean how they're all like <laughs> down and <laughs> twisty and whatever that's yeah. how it feels like with podcasting it's like you're always driving in san francisco but it's also cool because then people will see how you've evolved too right mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's almost like a chronicle of time and even like the people that you started interviewing and and if you do have like you said a second or a third date if you speak to the same people again like where are they at now like it it really is cool that you can grow that way yeah, I find podcasting tons of fun. Like as much as like I said up front, like it is a ton of work and it is a ton of work to do it well, to like care. Like and that's a funny thing too. Like we didn't even touch upon this. Like just like caring is such a simple right. thing. Like <laughs> I, for all the tips and tricks you just talk about like, you know, center yourself, take a deep breath, like know your filler mm-hmm. words. All those things are all valuable, but at the basic core one of the things that like we overlook so much for like everything it doesn't matter if it's in film or theater which you kind of cover like just caring giving a damn makes such a big difference and you can tell the people who care uh-huh. you know what i mean i want to get it right uh-huh. and that you also care about the people you're your like your guests right you want to make sure that they feel like you're really interested in what they're doing like you're almost you know you're a fan Mm-hmm. as much as next person and i think that's really what makes it worthwhile for you to have like over 300 episodes for example right yeah so you're going to come back to podcamp again next year yes i hope that they're going to do it again i i think they are so mm-hmm. for sure and now i'm going to be more vocal about it okay if we can get more people to come <laughs> yeah all right that's the whole point right that's um, the whole point that's sure. yeah do you have anything exciting coming up or where can people find your stuff, your writing, your videos, your interviews, your theater recommendations? 
Um, so the main website is highmusings.ca. So it's H-Y-E-M as in mother, U-S-I-N-G-S dot C-A. Um, on the socials, I'm at uh, High Musings, H-Y-E-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. And in terms of anything cool happening is, yes, I'm preparing a couple of interviews. I want to plug Toronto's Sketch Comedy Festival that's coming up. Oh, yeah. When is um, that coming up? I, that starts, I think, next week, Sammy. I don't have the dates right in front of me, mm. but I will say I don't go to all of the evenings because obviously it's it, it's almost like a week long, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but you always find something fun and like really funny people. And I know this year the tall boys are coming back. Ooh. If, you know the, if you know the truth. Yeah, tell, um, tell people who don't know who the tall boys are. Oh, man. Uh, they're... Uh, who are they, Sammy? <laughs> Blanking out. <laughs> <laughs> so the Tall Boys are a sketch troupe or um, a comedy, quote unquote, boy band, as they call themselves. That's the word, and, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So they're made up of Tim Blair, Vance Banzo, Franco Nguyen, and Glit Abdi. Mm -hmm. They started in 2016 in Toronto. Um Basically, they were doing the Toronto stand-up comedy scene, and they've gone to do not just Toronto Sketch Fest, but winning awards around Montreal Sketch Fest, Toronto Fringe. Mm -hmm. They even so um, created a show that was on the CBC. Nice. Okay. And also coming up is uh, uh, towards the end of March, they're going to do the announcement for Hot Docs. Yes. And tell us, uh, did you apply for media as well for Hot Docs, and you'll be covering that yeah. as well? You know it. I'm a documentary nerd, so yeah. I, you know, you're coming to to the festival. Yes, uh, everybody come watch some documentaries. Uh, I encourage you to come. It's the festival itself is late April, early May, but we'll definitely know more at the end of March. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of our. Uh, I find it's one of our better film festivals in the city. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and that I think like PodCamp is also growing. Like there's much more hunger now. Uh, for um, like documentaries because I think as people like it's interesting I think with news I think people are going towards more news podcasts and things like that the New York Times has podcasts as well now and I think that kind of like is building an appetite so that people now want the longer form story which is what a documentary is great at right so yeah absolutely. yeah it's also a different way to engage with what what's happening in the world and and also seeing what I love about documentaries is that you also meet people who are directly affected by whatever it is the film is about. Mm -hmm. And then you can learn more because you relate to the subject from a personal point of view. Yeah. And you can also like, you just get a window to that world, right? Like, uh, I don't want to see like, I don't want to be in the middle of Ukraine or whatever in the middle of that Russian invasion. Right. Like, but if you have some cameras there <laughs> you can, and I can safely watch it at home, that's fine, like, you know what I mean? Because, like, that's a horrible existence. Like, sometimes running out of water, out of food, things like that. Like, uh, the For shelling sure. and stuff like that. Like, that's awful that people have to go through that. But, again, if you can just get a window to that world, which sometimes the day-to-day -day news, the 6 o'clock news sometimes overlooks or can't convey that properly. A documentary mm -hmm. is good at that, at giving you a window to that world. So, yeah, For so sure. Hot Docs is coming up. I'm actually going to be covering... Um, uh, Toronto Comic Con, nerdy. Yay. Uh, Yay. So, uh, that's uh, coming up. This is the smaller one. So in Toronto, we have two. We have Fan Expo, 
which is uh, end of September, or oh, sorry, beginning of September. And this is a much larger, Fan Expo is much larger. It's like comic books and horror and anime and sci-fi and video games. There's too much going on. Uh, so Toronto Comic Con <laughs> is like, as the name suggests, it's a lot more like comics. Uh, although they have a number of um, Star Trek actors uh, coming this year. But for the most yes. part, it is much more local, much more smaller uh, thing coming up. So uh, I just got media approved for that. So I will be covering hey. that. So hopefully I'll I'm get I'm happy you're going. I want to go, but I'm probably not going to cover it because it's probably a bit much given what I'm going, what I'm working on right now. But I will say for people, Comic-Con is probably one of the better ones to, to get a taste of all that fun stuff that's nerdy. I've always enjoyed my time there. Yeah, and I find for the Comic Con, like it's good too if you have uh, younger kids, like ten and under yeah. kids, right? Like it's a lot more manageable, right? Because it's Fan Expo. I think is it's now either the second or third largest uh, Comic Con. It's like San Diego and New York City and Tr- Fan Expo here in Toronto, and so it it can be just overwhelming, all right? Like especially for like a younger kid, like there's too much <laughs> happening and like it's like a sugar rush. Right, where Comic Con is a lot more like centered, a lot more controlled, so it's right. it's easy to kind of, and they can still see like nerds dressed up as like Captain America, Wolverine, or whatever the kid is into, or whatever. <laughs> right, like when I go to Fan Expo now, like that's also a test for me to see if I recognize the characters of who these people are. Right. So, mm-hmm. Anime is not my world, so I don't know. So sometimes you'll see like. Chinese girls dressed up as something or whatever, and you're like, I don't know who this character is. But, like, you have purple hair and that big, huge plastic sword. I'm like, good luck with that. Like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> have fun. Enjoy that. Uh, but other times, yeah. And then sometimes yeah. I find, too, this is a tangent, but I find that sometimes people go, like, over the top. Last fan expo I went to, it was a girl. She was a female Joker, but she did it steampunk. So she was like a female Joker in this like Victorian outfit with like the steampunk goggles and what I'm like you can't like yeah. steampunk Joker and then gender and like it's just a lot of stuff going on like you know what I mean so well, also creativity in that you know there is yeah but I was like you oh know? man that's a lot of work so yeah so she's steampunk Victorian era female Joker it's like oh man all right so I think it's it's kind of cool that people feel like. But you still got the reference of the Joker, right? Mm, so I yeah. maybe it's not for a particular age group, but the fact that you can still reference like the main character, it's still there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you are right, though. Fan Expo has a lot of um, diversity that way. That it's true. If you don't know the shows, like don't feel bad because there is a lot of cool stuff out there. Like I know anime, but my anime knowledge is like ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not a video game either, like another video game guy either. So there's a whole bunch of like characters or whatever. Like I was talking to like one dude last year, and he's like, "It's from Silent Hill." I'm like, "All right, sure." I'm like, "Again, go with God. Like if you have a good time with that, and that's what your jam is, enjoy it." Like you know, I mean, I'm sure the people who know Silent Hill and other video games are like, "This is amazing," right? But that's I'm gonna bring it back to the podcasting part, which basically shows you there's an audience for anything there is all right and that's what that's what's amazing like i'm always amazed when i put out an episode and like it gets downloads like people listen to it like you like how did you find this or what were you looking at what were you googling like (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm always amazed and always grateful that people are like yo 
this is fresh. I'm going to push play on this. Like, because you have so many options, right? There is a market for everything, but that also means that you people have so many options. Right? That's true. It, it's a balance, right? There's mm-hmm. always going to be a balance of like, yeah, there's experience for everything. And then there are times when it is going to be a lot. All right. And so my show is My Summer Layer, and you can follow it on all three uh, IG, Twitter, and Facebook um, at My Summer Layer. Uh, I actually do put out a newsletter, my pal Sammy. So yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. So you can look up that. It's on Substack, my pal Sammy. But you, like, I think you going into video, I think committing to video, I think that's great. I think that's where your strengths are. And so I'm looking forward to see what you create. Sounds good. Thank you, Sammy. Yeah, so that's PodCamp. I'll put the link in for PodCamp. Um, hopefully, they'll have... They sometimes do throughout the year, they'll have podcast meetups, uh, random. Like, we need to kind of do that on a regular basis or, like, have a monthly meeting or some sort of standing meeting every couple of months or something like that. But, um, yeah, like, just to kind of connect more with the community as we were talking about, like, the offline community and meet people and uh, check that's in right. and get some tips and stuff like that. But, yeah. Uh, so I guess this should be our new tradition now. Every year we'll just do like a podcamp, like wrap up. Wrap up. <laughs> it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good. Thank you, Heidi, so much for like hanging out. Like uh, we we covered yeah, quite a bit, didn't we? I think so, with a few tangents, but that's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> um, that's it. 